0: you for Josie. Lord, we thank you for who you've made her to be, for everything that you've spoken to her in her preparation for this, Lord God, and every part of her life in which you've spoken into her as well to help build this testimony and build this story of your truth for this morning's word. Lord, as she speaks, would you give us open hearts, open minds, and Lord, would you give us the wisdom to discern for each and every one of us what it is that you're saying to us, Lord God, through Josie. Amen.
1: me? I'm on. Yes, I am. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Happy New Year. If I haven't got to see you personally and say Happy New Year, so I'll get to do it to everyone now. Happy New Year. Hope you're having a good January so far. Well, fantastic. So John kicked us off fantastically last week with how we can honour God in 2018. And um, over the next four weeks, we're going to look A bit more in depth at that in four different ways, in four different parts of our lives, how we can honour God. So today I'm going to be talking about how we can honour God with our minds. Then Tim next week is going to be speaking about honouring God with your time. And then Rob Garrett is going to be sharing about honouring God with your treasure. And Matt about honouring God in the workplace. So we've got four fantastic weeks coming up where we can learn how we're going to honour God with our whole lives over the next four weeks. So let's have another look at the dictionary definition of honour. As John said last week, it's um, the first meaning is to give high respect and great esteem, which we want to give to God, which he totally deserves, doesn't he? We need to decide that's what we're going to give to God in 2018, God, I'm going to give you high respect and great esteem. And the second meaning, which is the one that I want to concentrate on today, is the quality of knowing and doing what is morally right. So that's all happening in your mind, where you say, in sort of context, I felt honour bound to tell the truth. I really believe We've put this one first because I really believe if you learn to honour God in your mind, in your thought life, then everything else will flow from that in your whole life. What you say, what you do, your actions, your attitudes, your emotions, everything will flow from honouring God in your mind and your thought life. So this is of ultimate importance for you today, okay? So at the end of today, I want, there's good five things I kind of want you to learn and want you to remember and want to hopefully inform you know, the rest of your year and put into practice a new habit. So the first thing, I want you to know just how important every thought you have is. I want you to decide. So you have to make a choice and a decision because God's given us free will to honour God with your mind and to think what he thinks. And you can do this in three ways, as the Bible teaches us. We can firstly think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth, which is from Colossians 3, 1-2. We can fix our thoughts on what is true, honourable, right and pure and lovely and admirable, from Philippians 4, verse 6. And the third thing we can do is to take every, every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. And that's from 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. So there's five things you've got to learn to do. Know how important each thought is. Decide to honour God with your mind. And practically, three things. To fix your thoughts on heaven, to fix your thoughts on good things, and to take captive any, any thoughts that don't align with God And make them obedient to Christ. Okay? Good. Great. (laughs) But before we launch into that, we have to kind of take a little bit of a back step to kind of understand where our mind lies in our whole beings. Like where is that? So we know from Genesis 1.27 that God created human beings in his own image. Male and female, he created them. And just like God is a triune being, so he's Father, Son and Holy Spirit, yeah, three parts, one entity, (laughs) we are also three parts, one entity. We are spirit, we are soul and we are body, okay? So as it says in 1 Thessalonians, may your whole spirit, your whole being, everything within you, may your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. All of you, every part, all those three parts, there's three parts of who we are. So our spirit comes, when we become Christians, it comes alive in God. This is our conscience, our intuition and our communion with God. So that comes alive in God. That's from Romans 5 and Ephesians 2 and loads of different places. Our born again spirit that God has put within us is perfect and made in the image of Jesus Christ. It is blameless and perfect. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, he who made him to be no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. How amazing is that? Our spirit has got the same identity as the same um, aspects that God has. His spirit. In us, our spirit has become alive to God. It is perfect, it's pure, it's blameless. It's become alive. But our soul, which is kind of our minds, our emotions and our free will that God's given us, this is the part of us that needs to come into line with what's happened in our spirit. And this is the part of us that we are constantly renewing and making new and should be subjected to the spirit. And our body is underneath that, and our body is controlled by our minds. It's controlled by our emotions, and our body also serves our minds through our five senses. So we hear things, we see things. It's informing everything that goes on in our minds and our brains, and out of our free will that God's given us, we make choices and we make decisions that then affect our body as well. It all interrelates. Whatever you are thinking will outwork itself in your body. If your body senses, sees danger, your body will kick into gear immediately, in a flash of a second, your stress hormones will kick in, everything will happen to enable you to, to fight or flight, basically. That will, and that's happening all the time, all the time. So let's just have a look at this bit of diagram. We've got the next. There we go. So the reason why our mind or our soul is so important It's because it's kind of the control centre for our whole lives. So really what should be happening when we become Christians is our spirit is controlling our mind. But we have to choose that. It's our choice. God's given us free will. And that's why we're constantly wrestling, isn't it? You know, we know what's right but we don't do it. You know, everything that Paul says in in that verse. Because really our mind and our choices and our decisions should be in line with the spirit. And our soul affects our body as well. So when our soul and our mind is in line with God's spirit, our whole lives will be renewed. That's why Paul says in Romans, this is a key verse. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper, proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? How are we going to be transformed? By the renewing of our minds. Because this is a thing that needs to get into gear, okay? This is a thing that we need to control with our spirit and with God's spirit. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. So in this verse, you can see if your mind is in servitude to God's spirit, then everything, your thoughts, your actions, your words will be renewed. Your whole life will be renewed. That's how it happens. And your bodies, which are also in service to your mind, will be a living sacrifice to God. How amazing. Okay. And that's why... And we look in another verse, the greatest commandment. Jesus said, what is the greatest commandment? Hopefully, we, we recognize this one. It says in Matthew 22, the greatest commandment, the most important thing you can do is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Okay, Those three parts, your heart, your emotions, that's within your soul, mind thing your mind governs how you feel the decisions you make affect how you feel and affect your emotions your mind is in control of your emotions when your mind and your heart love the Lord your God with your emotions with your mind with all of your soul that incorporates your mind and with your mind so essentially love the God (laughs) love God with your mind okay so how do we honor God with our minds with our whole lives with our thought lives well first of all I really really think we need to know how important each thought is and to really really take this seriously because it has a massive effect. We can't just be thinking oh cuz nobody else can like you know that thing <laughs> you know those cartoons where you have little thought bubbles coming up yeah and uh, what people are really thinking and that sort of thing. I mean how scary would that be if like you had like literally everywhere you're going bing 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 oh hi how are you doing i really don't like you <laughs> great, awesome. (laughs) You know, like, but actually, God knows that. And we can think it's, you know, we think, oh, well, whatever, you know, nobody knows what I'm thinking, (laughs) whatever. But they do, really, because anything you think is so important and will outwork itself in your life, whether you know it or not. And actually, your thoughts are a physical reality in your brain. They're not just like a little cloudy puff of something that just kind of happens. They're actually neurons are being built inside your brain. They are real. Every time you think something, a protein is being built as a real physical thing in your thought, in your mind, and your brain. And that's either a godly one that's in line with your spirit, or a negative one that's in line with your thought. Now I'm going to let um, this lady called Caroline, Dr. Caroline Leaf, who's a Christian neurologist, who's had 30 years of neurology, research, just explain this a little bit better than I could. It's like a three-minute clip. So just, when I saw this, I was pretty blown away. So I hope you are too. I'll be back in a sec.
0: Proteins and chemicals and electromagnetic electromagnetic effects, there are things that we can actually see. Let's have a ladies and gentlemen the thoughts inside of your head are physical structures that have proteins and chemicals and electromagnetic electromagnetic effects they are things that we can actually see let's have a look at a slide of inside of the brain and i want to show you how powerful Okay, I'm gonna just jump through some slides. This is a slice through your brain. The girls saw this this weekend. So this is a slice inside of your brain going through, set up by, this has been done by scientists, top scientists in this field, this particular slide. Now going inside of your brain, there, those are nerve cells. When I say you think you choose and you build thoughts, those are thoughts. What you're seeing up there are your thoughts. These thought networks inside of your brain. And you see those things that are growing? As you thinking and choosing, that's what you are doing in your brain. When when Pastor Jimmy teaches you that you can change your mind, you are changing those things that you see up on the screen. You can change that firing that you see, that is your thinking in action. That's what it looks like inside of the brain. You can grow branches, take away branches, add on branches, redesign branches. That is your creative love power ability. Now you are designed for, you are wired for love. That's what scientists, how the scientists describe it and what that means is that all the stuff that happens inside of this is designed in a positive direction those those are your chromosomes now you with your thinking you influence the chromosomes the chromosomes break down into DNA there's DNA you've seen a strand of DNA on the DNA is the genetic code and you with your thinking you, Influence the the DNA to actually switch on. And when the DNA switches on, you make proteins. You are doing this at 400 billion actions per second. Aren't you brilliant? Isn't that amazing? Don't you admire God? And you, you cause this. This is what God has given you love, power, and a sound mind. Now, all of the stuff you've just seen is designed in a positive direction. So the way scientists explain this is that all the structures of your brain and the DNA and all these things are designed for positive. So for example, what you have is is that your all the proteins, all the chemicals, all the structures, all the circuits are all designed for the positive. Everything's designed for the love zone on that side, okay? So if you are in, um, if you are making a good decision, I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Obviously, the converse of that is if you choose death, you and your descendants won't live. So the minute we make a bad decision, what we do physically in our brain is we increase our vulnerability to all kinds of mental behavior and physical illnesses. What does that mean? As you build, as you make a negative decision to be angry, irritated, frustrated, negative, etc., you do not have any structures capable of handling that. You don't have anything negative inside of your brain. So what happens is that your brain now tries to, it's still gonna make the proteins, but the proteins become all distorted. The chemicals all fire in the wrong, in the wrong quantities. Everything just goes haywire. So instead of building this beautiful thought, this beautiful thought network. Work, what you do is you build a distorted version of that. So the proteins are all distorted. They actually are all like, instead of being healthy and, and plump, they look like these fibrillary tangles and they, and they, and it's all, they, they big and they, and in the brain, you can actually see this difference. The glucose metabolism, which means the activity, the oxygen, everything just goes wrong. In fact, what science is showing us is that as you think a negative thought, your brain responds the same way to that negative thought as it does as though you have a virus in your body or an infection in your body or you have a damaged injury or something like that this morning.
1: (laughs) So that's why God calls us to have the mind of Christ. So when we have healthy, positive, life-giving choices and decisions and thoughts that are in line with what God thinks... It's physically building that in your brain. That's physically being outworked. That's why when God says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that's not only a spiritual reality, that's a physical reality, because your body is a servant to your mind. Okay? Which is pretty mind-blowing, isn't it? I really hope I've ticked that first box of knowing. Does everybody know how important every single one of their thoughts is now, yeah? Okay, I didn't get everyone in there saying that. Yeah? Yeah? Yes. Amazing, isn't it? And I'll send you the link if anybody wants to watch the whole talk for that. So we have basically a choice, because God's made us with free will. We have a choice to decide to think what God thinks, holy, pure, loving thoughts, or not. Or thoughts that lead to death. Or thoughts that leads to life. And it's our choice. That's why um, in Deuteronomy, I'm just going to skip this bit, says, today, as she said, today I've given you the choice between life and death, blessing and curses. Oh, that you would choose life. Oh, that you would choose life. Say to yourself, oh, that I would choose life. Yeah? And in Romans 8, verse 5 to 6, Paul expresses it like this. Can you go back to Romans 8? There we go. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Spirit... So the Spirit is controlling your mind, which is outworking in your body. Think about things that please the Spirit. So what do we need to do? Think about things that please the Spirit, yeah? So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Letting your sinful nature control your mind will lead to death. Spiritual, emotional, and physical death. So it's serious stuff. Every time you feel annoyed or irritated, or worried or concerned or fearful, you need to think, actually... I have a choice now, I can choose to think that or I can choose to think the things of God and I can choose to think about the things of the Holy Spirit. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So what choice do we want to make this morning? Do we want to choose to think about the things that lead to death or do we want to choose to think about the things of the Spirit that lead to life and peace? That's your choice. That's your challenge this morning. Who's going to say challenge accepted? Okay? Good? Let's look at this. Thinking about the things of heaven. That's the thing. So practically, how do we do that? We can think about the things of heaven. In Colossians 3, it says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights Set your sights. What does that mean? Think about the things of heaven. Have a vision and a purpose and a plan that is related to God. Set your sights. Where are you going? What are you doing? What are you doing with this day? What what do you want to happen this day? Is there a spiritual goal in mind? Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So think about the things of heaven. Think of have an eternal perspective. So often we're we're caught, aren't we, just looking downwards. It's like this, you know, an analogy is walking up a really steep hill or something. And sometimes, you know, it's really hard going. You've just got to put look where your feet are going all the time. But you can get into a habit of that, and actually you're just looking downwards all the time and introspecting and looking at your own stuff and who's done what to me and blah, 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 all of this stuff. Whereas actually, God wants you to lift up your eyes to him and to the things of heaven, and then you'll be able to see the vista laid before you, and you'll be able to see that this hard patch or something is within the mix of Of the mountain, and actually, it's a bit of a trough, and there's, you know, you get to see much more of a bigger view. So ask God for his perspective in whatever you're thinking about, in whatever day you've got laid before you. What's his plan? What's his plan for the person that's right in front of you? What words would he like to speak over that person? Everybody you meet. And obviously, through prayer and through worship, when we really set our sights on heaven. And Caroline talks more about how when you worship God, your whole brain comes alive. Not just your front thinking, but it activates every single part of your brain because that's God's wired us for that. Which is amazing, isn't it? <clears throat> so in Colossians 4, it says, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart, with an alert mind. So we're not just wandering through our days. We're thinking about our every thought with an alert mind and thinking, okay, how can I involve God in what I'm thinking about today? So, like, I mean, there's loads of stuff when we're not thinking about God and we're not thinking about things of heaven because, to be honest, we're just thinking about what to have for tea. Um, we're going to the supermarket, right, what should I do? What's my plan? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's all it's all very practical quite often, isn't it? Obviously. But we can make a decision to actually have an alert mind and force ourselves to think more about God and involve him more and pray constantly and involve him in whatever we're doing. So I was thinking about this and I had to go to Asda and I was thinking, oh yeah, menu, blah, blah, blah I'm going to get that, that. But as I was walking back from the supermarket in my trolley, I just thought, no, hold on, how can I turn my thoughts towards heaven now? Okay, I'm going to thank God that I've got all this food in my trolley I've been able to buy it. That praise God for tomatoes and the fact that they've been sourced from Nicaragua or somewhere ridiculous. That you know the whole world's resources is coming. You know, just in my shopping trolley, you can do it on an everyday basis if you've got an alert mind. You know, you can be thinking all the time to discipline and get into a habit of thinking of the things of heaven and involving God in prayer life and everything, just more and more often. Then, so we can think about the things of heaven, and then we can fix our thoughts on good things. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the peace of God will be with you. So saying the same things. If you fix your minds on the spirit, then God's peace will be with you. Let's have an alert mind to train ourselves to think about that. So when somebody annoys us, for example, maybe we need to remind ourselves, okay, what is good about that person? What's lovely about that person? What's admirable about that person? So those thoughts dominate your mind instead of how they're really annoying when they, I don't know, do a funny walk or say the same word over and over again or whatever it is that annoys you about, about them or how they've you know, not treated you that amazingly. We need to train our mind to remember, okay, that person's made in God's image. Think about Bible verses. That person was knitted together perfectly in their mother's womb. They are God's masterpieces. Or maybe you have negative thoughts about yourself. And maybe you need to remember, no, hold on, God created me perfect. He thought about me before the beginning of time, and I am his masterpiece, which is amazing. And then the third thing we can do, which is the really practical thing as well, is to take every thought captive we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, do we do that? We take we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Do we do that? No. <laughs> but we can do and we can get better because it's exercise and we've got the choice and we've got the ability and we can do it. So we need to get really good at sort of running this diagnostic test. Okay? We need to think. Two questions. To the next slide. We need to get really good at thinking, is this thought life-giving or will it lead to death? And is this what Jesus would think? So... In Peter, 1 Peter 1, 13. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. So we are actually going to do a bit of interactive stuff in a minute, but I'm going to run through these five points and what we can really do practically. So the first thing is to know how important each thought is. So we can visualize that thought as an actual toxic, real, physical entity that's in your brain. Okay. We can ask God to decide, we we can decide to think what God thinks. So we can say no to that thought. We can decide not to think that. And we can ask God what he thinks about it. We can think about the things of heaven. We can pray and ask God what he thinks of that situation, that fear, that worry or that person. Then we can think about good things. Then we can decide to think about the, the good of that whether that's lovely, admirable things about that person, whether it's to trust God. And then we can take th- every thought captive and we can replace that negative thought with a God-inspired thought instead. And that is actually a physical thing you will do. And um, apparently it takes 21 days to change physically in your brain to actually change <laughs> that negative thought into a healthy, positive Thought. So you can rewire your brain. As she likes to say, you are your own neurosurgeon. You can physically do that and you will think, say, feel differently as a result. It is quite amazing. So for example, I've started to do this actually. She's got like a twenty one day mind detoxing, and I've started to do it. I'm into day six. And it takes a bit of time, but this is, I've kind of summarised it really, but this is kind of the sort of thing that she takes you through as well. So for me, I've, I looked, I had a diary last year and had about five things I kind of wanted to work on in my life. And I realised I did about two or three last year, which was pretty cool. But the one I didn't manage to do was like kind of having a bit of a blame culture. So either me blaming people or me feeling like I'm being blamed or criticised when perhaps I'm not. So, you know, like when you know something about yourself and it kind of gets a bit boring. And I've even got a tattoo on my foot that says grace. <laughs> but that's because my body is not controlling my mind, so it's not, make, not making a difference. <laughs> Having a tattoo is not making a difference. I need to get it tattooed in my, in my brain <laughs> instead. So, right, I thought, right, 2018, this is the year where I'm going to be a person of a lot more grace and blame. So, what, literally, what you do, like it's a bit more complicated than this, but... But you need to like visualize that thought as a toxic thought. Okay, so every time I blame someone or feel blamed and react weirdly as a result, okay, that's ugly, and that's toxic, and it is ugly, isn't it? Blames ugly. Okay, and then you basically submit it to God and you say, okay, God. Well, first I'll back up. Hold on. Then you decide to think what God thinks. So you think, you know, I want to change that. So you've got to know what you want to change. And then you've got to decide to change it. Yep, so I definitely want to change that. I want to be a person of grace. Then I'm going to ask God to help me, and I'm going to say, God, I don't want to have this thought anymore. I want to be a person of grace. And then you have to think of a thought that will come into your mind every time you think or you feel like you're being blamed or you're going to blame someone. So then what I've thought was, I'm just going to say, sorry, didn't you want me to do that? Okay? So that was my replacement. I'm just going to say, so every time I feel criticised, I'm just going to say, oh, I'm sorry, didn't you, didn't you want me to do that? Or whatever. Okay? And then you come, and come up with different ones. So then this one I'm working on now is, blame is ugly, grace is beautiful. So every time I choose to be gracious, that's a beautiful thing. So that's a beautiful thing, and that's a beautiful thought, and that's a beautiful action and behaviour. So I want you now to basically do that. (laughs) So if you've got a pen or a paper or a phone or whatever, I kind of want, and I'm going to, we've prayed before, and I'm really going to believe that God's going to bring to mind a thought or a thought pattern or something that you think that isn't right, okay, that is leading to death. So maybe, it could be, it could be loads of different things. So Maybe there's a person in your life that every time you think of them, they trigger a lot of negative thoughts, okay? So what is that one thought or what is that one thing you really believe about them that isn't actually that isn't right and isn't positive and isn't true and isn't admirable and isn't lovely, okay? What's that one thought? There might be loads of thoughts, but just try and get one thought that goes to the root of the issue with that person. Maybe it's a worry or a concern. Maybe you're just really worried generally maybe worry is a a thing for you and so maybe what you want to say is every time a worry comes into your mind maybe you're going to keep saying and it as it becomes a habit it will become a physical reality in your mind I don't know the answer I trust you God and that's all you have to think I trust you God I don't know I trust you and I'm going to let you work it out but you have to actively every time that thought comes into your brain you have to actively think that thing I trust you God Okay, maybe it's a fear, a fear of dying or something, or fear of ill health, and maybe you think you have to replace that thought with, "I know I'm going to heaven, God, and I know I'm going to meet you there, and I know it's going to be awesome." That's the truth, isn't it? Things of heaven. So it's it's doing that. So okay, so let's um, let's just take a few minutes of silence and just let's just pray, and then I'll stop talking. <laughs> yeah, Father God, we just. Lift to you, Father God, and you, your spirit is within us, Lord, and you are well able to highlight the one thing you'd like us to do today. What is that one thought that isn't from you, that isn't good or lovely and admirable, that causes negativity, sin in our lives, Lord God? Okay, have you all written something down? Everyone written it down? Yeah? you got one thought, like hopefully not too long, like a, a thought that comes into your mind, yeah? Everyone got something? Okay, now we're going to pray that God's going to give you the positive of what to think instead, his thoughts. Okay, God, we choose, Lord, and we decide to think your thoughts. Because we are made in your image, our spirits are perfect And we want our minds to come into line with you and the spirit you've put within us. So Father, give us the thing that you would think about that situation or that person. You give us that thought that we're going to replace it with every day, every time it comes into our brain, multiple times a day. Amen. Amen. Now just spend a bit of time asking God for that and write that down as well. Has everyone got their positive God thought instead that's going to replace it? Have you definitely done that? I feel like I need some encouragement. You've done it. You've done it. Good. Great. (laughs) Okay, so what I want you to do now is every time that thought, that negative thought comes into your head, I want you to think, no, hold on, stop, not thinking that. I'm going to decide to think what God thinks. I'm going to think this instead, okay? And it actually does work. So over 21 days, your brain will rewire and you will become a different person, which is mental, isn't it? but actually true. And I have to say, after six days, I feel different. There has definitely been a change. Totally. Which is amazing. But you have to be disciplined. And if you want to do it, you can go onto her website and there's like loads more stuff you do like worship and praise and all of that stuff. So, but that is kind of the core of it, is, is doing that. So really want you to... Concentrate on that, really commit to that, be disciplined, have an alert mind, not just go through the day, but actually be thinking, hold on, I'm a neuroscientist. I don't want to plant that ugly thought that leads to death in my mind. I want to plant this God thought in my mind. And then you will be renewed by your mind, and your whole life will be transformed. Dr. Caroline Leaf, and it's a 21 day mind detox. It costs a bit. I think it costs like thirteen quid to sign up for a thing. So, and it take, definitely takes longer than she says. It only takes seven to ten minutes. Like, no, it took me about an hour the first day. <laughs> but anyway, but after, after you've got into it, it does take. It is quicker. Right. So, summary time. Know how important each thought you have is. Yep. Decide to honour God with your mind and think what God thinks. You're going to think about the things of heaven, not of the things of earth. You're going to fix your thoughts on what is true, honourable, right, pure, lovely and admirable. And you're going to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So the more and more we think what God thinks, the faster our minds and our lives will be transformed. Old, sinful thought patterns will be replaced with life-giving spirit thought patterns. And that's when 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16 comes into being, which, is, which says, for who can know, are you up for this next slide? For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, okay? You understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. That's what we're aiming for, to have the mind of Christ. And we've done a first step towards that. Amen.